This podcast features adults using adult language, but you know, you got to grow up sometime. Hey everyone, you know what it's time for? Swans Crossing! this morning going I forgot to watch the episode <laughs> I didn't I forgot to watch it last night because I've been spending the last few days packing for my move right I still have a lot of packing I don't to want do. to call it your move I'm I, like I'd really love to consider it the vacation home can we do that <laughs> like I, I was mean, packing for the vacation home I was kind of I mean I think we can say that because I'm sort of considering the house we own now the vacation home okay this makes me sound like a like a rich people thing like, yeah. I should live in Swans Crossing, perhaps. You're a best-selling author. You should be able to do some rich people things. I mean, yeah. I'm not gonna... Yeah. That's true. <laughs> That's Come true. on. By the way, um, it is now October 1st, mm-hmm. and this is season six of Gotta Grow Up Sometime, a Swans Crossing retrospective. Today, on October 1st, I have a new book out. So if anybody would like to check it out, it's called The Fire and the Ore. And the pen name is Olivia Hawker. That's my pen name I write under sometimes. Um, Go check it out. People are liking it so far, and uh, I hope you will too. I hope so too. Yes, thank you. Go buy it. Go buy Libby's book, everybody. Give give me more money so I can make better podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe we've been doing this since, when did we start? April of 2021? Yeah, oh yeah, because it, it was still we were still mid pandemic. Yeah, we had time. like just gotten vaccinated. Uh huh. Oh boy. Uh huh. Um, wow, we have wasted almost two years of our life. <laughs> now let me here. So a couple things. Okay. Thing number one. This is the final. This is the final season. Yes. We are. We are on. We are in the last gasp, and I can't wait for our retrospective on our retrospective podcast. <laughs> A meta retrospective, if you will. If you will. Um, I think we should encourage people to send in questions. Oh, that's a good idea. For the for the retrospective, for the final episode, before whatever final episode is your advertisement for whatever your next podcast is. Yeah. Um, because I'm assuming you will you will put that on our pod stream. Probably. <laughs> that will be the last episode. Yeah. But for whatever the whatever the like recap, the final recap episode is, I would love uh, listener questions. Oh, that's a good idea. Okay, I'll do that. I'm gonna um, I I will get that all set up, and I will actually check the email because we have not. No one has used our email address, <laughs> which is understandable because right. we only have fifty listeners. And um, they have no reason to contact us ever. Right. But <laughs> it is very funny to me though that we have an email address and people contact both of us on social media. Yeah. <laughs> like that's what. That's that's, that's the way how it works. Rolls. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'll, I'll I'll set something up about that and I'll get details for next episode so you guys can ask us all the questions you want to know about 
Gotta grow up sometime, a Swan's Crossing retrospective. I'm Libby Grant. I'm Nathan Kessler-Jeffrey. You see that segue? That was very good. Smooth as hell. Yeah. Um, we watched This episode... is our longest intro ever. It is since, our longest. Since the original hour and a half long <laughs> pilot podcast. Oh, it was too long. It was too long, but that's fine. You know, we, fine. we had to set up the whole thing. Well, Well, here's the thing. In your next podcast... I think you just want to like string out that setup information over a couple of episodes. That's my advice to you. It's probably going to have very little setup information because sort of the thing about that podcast is going to be that I don't really know where the podcast is going. Great. I'm just going to let it shape itself Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, over the course of many conversations with a variety of storytelling people. I love it. Uh, Let's talk about this story. Let's do it. This uh, was episode three of Swan's Crossing. Episode three. Episode 53. If you try to start me over at the beginning of this <laughs> damn series. I'm going to. Don't you, <laughs> don't you do this to me. Oh my god. Oh, okay. We got to go over your predictions from last, the end of last season. Yes. You predicted that we would keep the hospital set because Callie would now be in the hospital. Sadly, that was not the case. Nope. We're done with the hospital set. Just okay. Way. All right. And that was actually one of my predictions for this week was that we would we would not see the hospital set again. You are correct about that. It is Crushed no it. more hospital. Uh, you predicted that Sandy would pester Owen about Mila singing in the concert. I mean, not exactly, but not like twenty five percent of that. Sydney would deliver the other poem to Mila and would try to make arrangements for her to meet Chandler. Not exactly. I mean, I'll give myself fifty percent on that one. Yeah. And Barrick would try to get the rocks back somehow, and JT would figure out they're from the blast site, and maybe that's what they need to keep working on UB2. I mean, Garrett, or, uh, Barrick does make mm-hmm. some attempt to get the rocks. A play for the rocks. Another 50% one there. A play for the rocks. <laughs> for the rocks. This sounds like, this sounds like the worst off-broad, like off-off-off-Broadway <laughs> play, like one-person play. <laughs> Yes. And literally, you walk in, you're the only audience member, there's one actor, and every other seat is taken up with a rock. <laughs> oh, someday I have to tell you, speaking of terrible plays, someday I have to tell you about the very first play my performing arts high school ever collaboratively, collaboratively wrote together. It was so much worse than even what you're imagining. Okay, great. Okay. Alright. We open... On a replay of the moments at the end of the last episode where Barrett goads Callie into climbing the obviously rigged ladder. The first of what will turn out to be many, many, many minutes of pre- like, <laughs> already seen footage. This is the episode of a thousand flashbacks. Oh my gosh. So, oh, we didn't talk about the thumbnail. Did you oh, want- yes. Okay, so we get a- I actually like this thumbnail very much. <laughs> it's a close-up on Sydney. And because it's so close on her, it's difficult to tell a lot, so you have to you have to make some guesses based on context clues. From the background and the fact that Sydney's hair is wet, I thought we were probably at the Swans Club pool. And given Sydney's intense expression, I was guessing Garrett had apparated from one of the cabanas again <laughs> and given her a fright. The only other thing that I want to say about this thumbnail is that because we are so used to Sydney's hair being on point all the time, the fact that it is wet and like bedraggled in this shot makes her look like the girl from the Ring movies. <laughs> she does not actually look like that, but it's the it's the contrast. <laughs> 
to what she normally looks like. Oh, can you imagine? You pop the video into your VHS, you start seeing Sydney climb out of a well and come toward you. She gets right up to the screen, but instead of reaching out and grabbing you with her creepy corpse hands, she just tells you that you have to come to the meeting for the stage committee. <laughs> <laughs> Horrifying. <laughs> well, anyway. The title of this episode is The Ring. <laughs> Before you die, you see the stage meeting. <laughs> oh my gosh. We see Callie fall again. Oh wait, th- we're back in the episode now. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, okay, great. <laughs> Just listen. Also another great. <laughs> before we, before Callie falls again, I want to point out that the reason Beric gives for not being able to get the oil pan <laughs> is that he and Jimmy have greasy hands. In a shop, who cares? Who cares when you're getting the thing that picks up the the oil? Right? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Get out, Garrett. Bear. It's not like it's not like you're about to handle the interior of a uh, Sophia's car. Right. <laughs> That's dirty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I miss her. Is I she ever too. coming back? I think she does appear like once or twice more okay, briefly, great. but Jeez. we would never have enough of her. She's so great. Salty redfish. <laughs> Salty redfish. <laughs> We see Callie fall again, but this time we see that Jimmy grabs her as she falls, so she's not seriously injured. I'm sure we were all on tenterhooks after last season. We were. We were. Absolutely. And Beric comes rushing over and asks if she or young James are hurt, and Kelly, Callie glares at him with suspicion and malice as we cut to... <laughs> the recording studio! I love this part. This... Oh my gosh, go, go. This is so good. We actually get to hear the musical track to Vision and Polka Dot Pink, and it is not good. It's Neither is Mila's singing. Oh my god. Owen is spinning the reels while Mila records the vocal track, and Mila's like, not even trying. She's just kind of speaking the words, but not even in a fun rap way. And, and behind her, Owen, with the sunglasses on, is just like, yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> Also, like a creeper. Also, I noticed, I noted he is wearing another lizard shirt. <laughs> of course he is. Of course he is. He mutters, that's great. Excellent. It is clearly not. It is not excellent. Oh, no. Wow. As she's listening to the music, she closes her eyes, and we flash back to the balcony scene with Garrett wooing her from below. So and, good. And this scene, I want to say, lasts two minutes of our, like, 19-minute episode. It feels like it. <laughs> um, it finally ends when Garrett starts blowing kisses. We crossfade back to Mila jamming out to the music in her headphones. So good. We cut to outside Swans, where Sandy is frantically marching up and down the sidewalk, going over the lyrics for Vision and Polka Dot Pink. She is in agony because this song oh. sucks so much. Yes. She flops on the bench and groans, Me sing back up to this! Yeah. We feel you, Sandy. This is no talking sweet as honey. I gotta say, we need we need an adjective that is the opposite of slaps. <laughs> Whatever the opposite of slaps is, that is what this song does. Pats. <laughs> pats. This song pats. This song gently taps. Gently taps. <laughs> we cut to the pool. Two extras are having an animated conversation. A pool it's- boy wearing a typical country club uniform. And the most 90s looking young woman of all time. Yeah. This is my this is my favorite extra. The guy who's constantly doing stuff in the background. He's got it, man. Oh. He, and he's got it, like, nailed down how to make it convincing that you're having a conversation without actually saying anything. Yeah. Which is good because the pool water makes so much damn noise in this episode that you can't hear anything. So <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. 
Sydney wanders out of the locker rooms looking despondent, wearing a royal blue one piece. Despondent is so good. <laughs> I guess this is how you know she's bummed out because she's not in a bikini. Yeah. It's her morning bathing suit. It's her morning bathing suit. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, my notes say Garrett lurks in the pool like a crocodile on the Nile, eyeing his prey with his eyes scarcely above the waterline. <laughs> True story. True story. Sydney sits down at the edge of the pool and Garrett immediately, <laughs> like Jaws, comes and grabs her ankle. <laughs> He's so predatory. Apparently, Sydney is supposed to be meeting Nancy for lunch here, which is going swimming before lunch a rich people thing? It, it must be. I'm waiting for my friend, but she's not here. Guess I better have a swim. Right? I'm gonna take a quick dip. It's <laughs> so weird. She says she's waiting for Nancy. I am reminded that it has been far too long since we've seen Nancy in this show. Oh. She is my favorite, hands down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, aside from Stacey Mosley. Well, yeah, of course. Obviously. Duh. Queen Callie. Queen Callie. Garrett wants to know if Sydney has another poem for him to use on Mila. And at first, Sydney doesn't want to confirm or deny. Right. But he still has her ankle, and he's still being a dick. So she admits that, yes, he does. she does have another stupid poem for Garrett. This, this is another reminder of how media trained us in the 90s that women were not supposed to have control of their own bodies. She tells him so many times to let go of her foot, and he just doesn't. Yep. <laughs> yep. Garrett says he wants Chandler and Mila to have another meeting that very night, and after tonight, he won't be needing Sydney anymore. Then he pulls her into the pool like an absolute jackwad. I am realizing, this scene made me realize something about the, that bothers me about the pool scenes, other than the loudness of the water, which we're gonna, again, we're gonna get to in a minute. When you're in an actual pool outside, there is one light source, the sun. In this studio, there are dozens of lights <laughs> overhead, all like reflecting off of the surface of the water into the camera. And I've been wondering why I hate this pool so much for pretty much the entire series. And now I know why. It's it's because it is it, it does not look in any way realistic. It, that's true, it doesn't. This is something only a professional theater man would notice, for sure, but I'm glad you noticed it. But like you can like go when you when you go back and watch, you'll see like there's all of these different light sources shining out into the pool and reflecting towards the camera. Yeah, it is very, it very dazzly, irritating. like yeah. in a very distracting way. Very irritating. Okay, sorry. That's alright. We cut to the theme song. When we're back from commercial, it's the tool and die, where Callie is sitting on the workbench while Jimmy gently prods her leg. Mm, checking her leg for tender spots. Right, uh-huh. Have we considered the possibility that Jimmy rigged the ladder so he, <laughs> he would have an excuse to feel Callie up? I mean, he was right there when she fell. Uh. <laughs> uh, looks like her ankle is sprained. Barrett goes on and on about how the rung wasn't welded, and he's talking about it so much and so loudly. So much and so loudly that methinks the creeper doth protest too much. Nobody welds a joint in the middle of a ladder rung, right. Barrack. You fucking turd. Oh my god, Barrack, what on earth? He tries to get Jimmy interested, and Jimmy pretty much yells at him to shut up, which is yeah. nice to see. He walks over, Barrack walks over, after a quick examination, says he doesn't think Callie's broken anything. <laughs> to which Callie goes, what, are you a doctor? And if, Yeah, of course. Of course Barrack is a doctor. He's got some history in medicine. He says he had a year of pre-med. Dude, that doesn't qualify you to tell whether a bone is broken. Your first year of pre-med is like memorizing anatomy and getting basic chemistry down. Come on. 
I wouldn't know. <laughs> my, my mom did pre-med, so <laughs> I remember it. I just cannot, like, I tried to avoid all of the science classes that I could once I got to college. I was like, if I'm paying for things... <laughs> Good point. Uh, Barrick goes back to working on a motor as Jimmy helps Callie start moving toward the booth house to put some ice on her ankle. And as they're walking out the door, Barrick tells her he wants her help finding his missing rocks when she's back on her feet. To which she does not respond. Yeah, she and Jimmy just like leave. They're like, whatever, Barrick. We cut to the library. <laughs> I love this scene. This scene is so Neil and JT are frantically paging through books about how to make a bunch of money by, like, investing in stock and buying real estate and stuff. It's all these, like, get-rich-quick schemes, and uh, Mr. Han is there providing these books to them, noting that this really isn't their typical reading material. I know, I love it. He does find a book called How to Make a Million Dollars and Never Pay Taxes. Who published this book? Jeff Bezos. <laughs> I guess so. Han notes that the boys have uh, shifted their interests significantly. JT admits they're out of money and they can't put their love of science to work if they don't have funding. So, Mr. Han, in the cutest moment of altruism we have seen this entire series, gives them cash from his own wallet. And it's like four crumpled one dollar bills. It's really cute. And the last one is he's really deciding like can I part with this last dollar? Oh my god. Mr. Han! And these rich ass boys with trust funds take this elder's money and they're Uh, like okay. I mean at least they do look a little humbled by it. They're like oh that was nice. This dude making a librarian's salary. Yeah. Jeez. It's bad. We cut back to the pool Garrett is floating like an aquatic lord on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> floating like an aquatic lord is also a very good title for this episode. <laughs> on the floating deck chair contraption, while one of our beloved inflatable swans sails past him in the background. Sydney is floating beside him, trying to convince him to slow play the poem Chandler thing. <laughs> Because the longer you make a girl wait, the more she wants you. And Garrett, Garrett smirks, that's something we both know about, right? This one is going to be different. He's going to try being nice to her. <laughs> Good plan, Garrett. <laughs> Taking her nice places. Imagine having a girlfriend who doesn't mind being seen with you in public. Oh, Sydney argues that she doesn't even he doesn't even know that Mila wants to be with him because she's only expressed interest in Chandler. Is that what she's saying? Because this is the scene in which there is so much water noise you can't make out what the actors are saying. Yeah, that's what she's saying, but I had to listen really carefully. Oh my gosh. Garrett is, uh, over the splashes, he pre- proclaims that he is entirely confident that Mila will be totally into this as soon as he reveals himself as the genius mind behind Chandler. Uh, Noto Bene, he is not the genius mind behind Chandler. He didn't think up one iota of the Chandler business. Nope, nope. Sydney reminds him that uh, when (laughs) Milos does figure this out, she's gonna, she's already like tarred and feathered him at her slumber party. She's not gonna be happy. And he responds, you underestimate my charm. (laughs) There's some more back and forth between them with Garrett serving up absolute confidence and Sydney doing her best to poke holes in his ego. And then Garrett says, all he'll have to do is open his arms and Mila will fly right into them. And this gets them into a bet. (laughs) 
where Mila is bet or Sydney is betting that Mila will not do that. Yes. <laughs> and Garrett is assuring her that she will. For stakes, if Mila doesn't run into his arms or whatever, he is gonna give her the birth certificate. But if she does... He's going to keep it indefinitely. Keep it! So I don't understand why Sydney agrees to these terms. She has already fulfilled her end of the bargain. Yeah. Like, she came through on all this. Mm-hmm. She gets the birth certificate. He has already told her that when she, when Mila is his, she's going to yeah. get the birth certificate back. So why Whatever. does she, like, allow him to renegotiate now, and especially on such terrible terms? A Rutledge would not do this. I call no way. <laughs> Libby calls bullshit. <laughs> anyway, Sydney agrees for some reason that the bet is on, and she shoves Garrett's floating throne away from her. As suspenseful strings plucks play in the underscore, <laughs> and we cut to commercial. Folks, this has got to clean up sometime. The podcast within our podcast, where we talk about the commercials on ShoutFactory.tv. Now, historically, we've picked on the commercials, which are a bit odd. Perhaps lacking in production quality or advertising a product like Texas Pete's using a John Williams-esque fanfare. <laughs> However, today, I want to discuss the pretty well-done commercial for the Wendy's Breakfast Baconator. <laughs> Have you seen this one? No. You didn't, this is so good. Okay. A gentleman sits at a Wendy's table, breakfast baconator in one hand, talking about how much he enjoys it. Given all the bacon, he calls it the greatest breakfast sandwich of all time. Which is, I gotta be honest, a pretty bold statement. (laughs) Next to him sits this skinny white Wendy's employee, still wearing a uniform and holding his own breakfast baconator. There's no response to this breach of quick service protocol. Have you ever been eating at a Wendy's or any other fast food joint and had an employee just come and sit next to you? <laughs> no. I would get right the fuck out. <laughs> so odd. However, that's not the real point of what I want to talk about. The real point is that our Wendy's customer states at the end of the commercial that this sandwich deserves a chef's kiss. And he puts his fingers to his lips and does the little chef's kiss we've all come to know and love. But the employee next to him lifts the breakfast baconator to his own lips and kisses the bun. (laughs) Understandably, the customer sitting next to this Wendy's employee seems a bit unnerved. (laughs) Like... Are the Wendy's employees kissing every Baconator that comes out of the kitchen? We may never know. This has been Gotta Clean Up Sometime. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad Gotta Clean Up Sometime is still with us in season six. I, I'm just sad that we haven't been able to do more on the Bounty commercial because it has been retired from circulation. Although maybe we said everything that needed to be said about that. That's I, probably true. I am uh, uh, somewhat notorious in writer's spaces online for insisting that people should not drag out series forever. You have to know where your story ends mm. and you have to end it with confidence because leaving him wanting more is always better than letting something trail off into a hideous oblivion. So anyway. Star Trek Deep Space Nine. What? <laughs> Don't ever let Paul hear you say that. He loves DS9. I think, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I think that could be said of a lot of series. Yeah, so true. Yeah. When we come back from commercial, that commercial, <laughs> we're still at the pool. Only now they're out of the pool. Garrett is all wet. Sydney is now bone dry. Except her, for her hair. Her hair is 
mildly damp. <laughs> mildly. Like, it was soaked moments before when she was in the pool. Now it's almost entirely blown out. Like, it is just yeah. so, like, slightly damp at the ends. She does that thing where she flips her hair forward and wraps it in a towel because, supposedly, she just got out of the pool. Right. Garrett sets the location for his meeting with Mila tonight as... No man's land. Oh my god, Sydney. Sydney is shaken. And he wants Sydney there to witness. And she's like, I couldn't, my notes say, Sydney, why are you still hung up on this abusive asshole? Move on, girl. You're better off without him. Like, seriously, why not be like, great, let's meet at no man's land. Let me cleanse it of your gross vibes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We get a flashback to the time Muffy had the sweet hole patched up. (laughs) That was just for you, Nathan. Uh, and we get that wonderful over-the-wall shot from the high <laughs> camera angle that clearly shows us that they could just walk around this wall. Seriously. <laughs> I love it so much. It's like three feet and they could see each other face to face. We cut back to the present and Garrett tells Sydney to have Mila stand where Sydney always stood next to the crack. The crack. At 10 o'clock, under the full moon, the air will be charged. <laughs> According to Garrett. He walks off, leaving her standing there with her hair in a towel. Nancy and Sydney, Sandy walk up. Oh my god. And I want to talk about this shot for a second. Yes. Because Nancy walks up in her blue blazer, all proper as usual, and asks Sydney what she's doing there. Sandy walks up right behind Nancy and then turns her back to Nancy, facing away from Sydney in the most obvious passive-aggressive display of ask me what's wrong I've ever seen. It is so good. She's like back-to-back with Nancy, arms folded. It is so... I love it. It's, it's the most petty, like, seventh-grader thing you can imagine. It's so good. Sydney points out that she and Nancy were supposed to meet for lunch, and Nancy exaggeratedly tells her she totally forgot. Uh, she seems to have intentionally stood Sydney up after Sydney's missed five appointments with her. <laughs> but who's counting? I hardly noticed. <laughs> Nancy's hair is on point in this episode. Of course. It looks real cute. It does. And uh, Sandy and Nancy are off to lunch. Sydney tries to join them, but Nancy says don't bother because they've already ordered, and Sydney will only have appetizers while they're already on dessert. And Sandy offers a very pointed, we're having a a conversation about friends. You wouldn't understand. (laughs) (laughs) So Sandy and Nancy freeze Sydney the fuck out and wander off to enjoy their Waldorf salads and shrimp cocktails. (laughs) We cut over to the booth porch. Where Jimmy is carrying Callie piggyback and Callie is begging to be let down. (laughs) He finally plops her into a chair on the porch and as she gets her coveralls off, they discuss the suspicious circumstances of the ladder giving out. He knows, Jimmy knows, the ladder must have been rigged. He just can't understand why. And Callie says, she thinks the ladder was meant for her. He doesn't understand why Beric would want to hurt anyone, especially Callie. And gets in real close for a smooch. Why, he just goes for it in the middle of this conversation about Barrack attempting to murder Callie. You're injured, let's make out. (laughs) Just before their lips can meet, JT and Neil appear in search of glory, and they seem to understand they've interrupted a makeout sesh. This awkward, silent moment is gorgeous. Like the camera the camera cuts from from Jimmy and Callie being awkward to JT and Neil being awkward, and it lingers. And JT has the best oh shit look on his face. It's so good. (laughs) I just interrupted kissing. I'm the only one in the show who's gotten a kiss. 
Cut to a sidewalk in some town that's clearly not Swan's Crossing, yet we're supposed to believe it is. I... Yeah, go ahead, sorry. After the artificial world of the sets, it's jarring to see the side of a real, actual, functional building. This has got to be the side of the soundstage. Oh, it has to be. It's just like concrete wall. Yeah. Like gray wall. In front of which is walking... Captain Baldy in a tracksuit. And he's kind of shuffling rapidly down the sidewalk with a small satellite dish strapped to his head and some kind of handheld contraption, which I assume is like a transmitter. I, uh, I'm i going to call this the whirly gig because <laughs> it does spin. But the, the, the headset that he's wearing with that stupid little <laughs> satellite dish on his head. I mean, it's it's seriously, it's like a, 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 a live action inspector gadget. <laughs> Except somehow worse than the actual live-action Inspector Gadget. Oh, God! <laughs> He's muttering about how these crazy keeds keep him running. That's it. That's all there is to I this mean, scene. Cut to commercial. And when we come back, we're in Mila's room. I love, love this scene this, so much. Of course you do. Of course you do. <laughs> you weird, like, montage-loving psychopath. I love a montage. I can't help it. Where Mila is on the phone with Sydney, having just got the news about the meeting with Chandler this evening. And as she lays on the floor, she looks up at the empty picture frame which has housed Garrett's photo and Billy Gunn's photo and is now blank. And Libby, what happens? She sees a flashback of every time she was ever humiliated in Swan's Crossing, starting with her falling in the water in the 4th of July celebration Going all the way through, the Tutu Loves Mila video, her cake exploding, that time Nancy told her to wear the wrong colors to the ball game, the time at her slumber party when Sydney exposed Garrett's duplicity, all the way up through ending on her memory of talking to Chandler in the darkness. She pops up on her uh, her, elbows from laying down and she smiles and says, this time it's gotta work out for me. I admire her optimism. Man, good ju- good on you, Mila. Cut back to the booth porch. Callie says Glory's off shopping with her mom, and just as JT and Neil are about to take off, Barrick shows up with one of his mysterious paper bags. He, like, tromps through Glory's bushes, which is one of my favorite things about this. Like, <laughs> nobody comes onto the porch that way. And I can't... He asks how Callie is doing. I can't imagine it's been long since they left the shop. Right, like maybe 10, 15 minutes tops. Most. He hands her a paper bag, and she asks if it's cotton balls or ice cream and glares at him. (laughs) She opens the bag. It's ice cream. Barrick notices the boys get rich QuickBooks, asks them about their funding situation. Then he heads back to the shop, delivering this line as he leaves. Enjoy the triple ripple. <laughs> he hits the peas in triple ripple so hard, you can feel the shock waves through your speakers. It is so odd. It makes it sound menacing. It's like, it's, clearly that ice cream is poisoned. <laughs> Obviously. The camera tilts down to the other side of the bushes where the baldy is monitoring them with this insane whirly gig contraption. And he says, triple ripple? <laughs> Stupid. We cut to Sydney's room. From above, we see that she's sprawled on her chaise, staring up at the ceiling. The princess phone sitting next to her on a small table. 
And we crossfade to what I guess is the inside of her head right now? Uh, yeah. Yeah. She gazes at the ceiling. Multicolored lights, rope lights hang from above. And these enormous three-foot cube dice are stacked in small clumps as she looks around and ominous music plays. And it's like dark green and misty, so you know it's like inside her thoughts or whatever. She approaches the only other object in the set, an old-timey slot machine, a one-armed bandit. A one-armed bandit with, I want to make sure we note, three swans on the top. Yes, (laughs) just in case you thought there would not be swans, there are swans. There are plenty of swans. She says, to Mila's I win, to Garrett's I lose. I don't know what the two thing is about, but... I don't get it either. But she pulls the arm. The wheels begin to spin, and what comes up? One Mila. One Garrett. And a Sydney between them. Ah! The camera zooms in on the picture of Sydney on the slot machine, and we get a double doom sting. And freeze frame roll credits. Amazing. So good. I love the ending of this episode. It's just, it really leaves you, it <laughs> so leaves you wanting more. Um, but that really, uh, we got five new swans this time. Wow. Uh, so we got the one in the credits, we got the one in the pool, and then these three swans on the top of the of the slot machine. Damn. One of which I think is like supposed to be for the coins. Yeah. There's two that are decorative and then one that is like the coin slot. Yeah, like you put your coins in the swan's butt or something. Yep. You know, like you do. <laughs> you know. Like you do. It's definitely a rich people thing. For sure. Who was our psychopath of the week? I think it's Garrett. It was definitely a toss-up between Barrick and Garrett, but I have to go with Garrett this time, too. Yeah. The, 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 The lack of any willingness to allow Sydney her bodily autonomy is really troublesome. Yeah, pretty creepy. Uh, what are your predictions for next week? Well, I think we finally get a scene back in the cafe, the soda shop. Uh, given that we're out of the hospital, I think let's see, it's a it's a Thursday episode, so I th- I I don't think we get the the meeting between Chandler and and Mila yet. I think that's going to come the following episode for the Big Friday reveal, and then something will happen. So next episode is going to be getting ready for the meeting. Uh, Sydney and Mila will probably get together to discuss what she should what Mila should wear. Sydney will cook up some scheme to ensure that Mila does not run into Garrett's arms so that she wins the bet and gets the birth certificate back. And JT starts the Hot Rocks experiments to figure out what they are. Callie spends most of next episode uh, like icing her foot with Jimmy taking care of her, trying to get some smooches. And... I don't think we get a lot of Owen and Sandy and that whole thing because Mila's going to be busy getting ready for Chandler. We haven't had Glory in a while. I wonder what Glory's up to. Any predictions about Glory? Glory. I don't have a prediction about Glory, but I want her in the next episode. So I don't know what she's doing, but I think she's in it. Okay, well, we will uh, certainly have some mysteries to solve next week on episode 54 of Swan's Crossing. I hope you will all join us for that. In this, the twilight, the setting sun of Gotta Grow Up sometime. It's the beginning of the end. Oh my gosh. Are you sad, Nathan? I'm a little sad. I'm a little sad that I don't have an excuse to hang out and talk with with you every week. (laughs) I mean, we can do another podcast. (laughs) I 
I think that I think probably 24 of our 50 unique listeners would like that. <laughs> You're probably right about that. Thank you to Richard Winsler and Steve Lane for the use of our theme song, Gotta Grow Up Sometime, from the hit show Swans Crossing. And if you want to find us on social media, we're on Twitter at Gotta Grow Up Pod and on Instagram at Swans Cross Pod. And send us your questions for the final recap episode. Yeah, but not till next week when I actually confirm what our email address is. Okay, great. <laughs> I mean, they could send them to you on Instagram, right? They could, but I'm I, I need to get better at updating that. I do have a couple. I have a glory montage I'm going to put up, and I've been working on another just like general mayhem is, in Swans Crossing montage. Is it is it just Glory's cute hats? Is that what it is? <laughs> it's all the times Glory looks sad. Oh <laughs> no! But she does sad eyes so good. She does. She does do sad eyes. I right. should do a Glory's hat montage too. <laughs> I'll work on that. Okay. You know, I'm not trying to put extra work on you. No, it's all right. I have nothing else going on in my life. <laughs> You're moving to uh, a vacation home. I'm moving to another country, but that's no. fine. No! That's all right. I'll be back. Well, thanks, everybody, uh, for listening. And until we can see one another again. Oh, wait. I know. Until we see each other again, friends, may you evade all the predators in the pool. <laughs> Sublime and hot pink time from your dot to your dot. I draw the line. You outshine.